Welcome back to Becoming Your Best Version, a podcast in which I get to interview the most inspiring women whose paths have crossed mine. And today I am so excited to have our first former Congresswoman, the Honorable Marjorie Margolis, who was from Pennsylvania when she served. She's a 25-year veteran of NBC News and founder and president of Women's Campaign International. She's a professor of political science at the University of Pennsylvania and has authored five books. She is the mother of 11 children and the grandmother of 21 children. Wow, her son is married to Chelsea Clinton. Her latest book is called, And How Are the Children? Which was just published this month. And it's a wonderful inside look at the world of an Emmy award winning broadcaster who adopts hard to place refugees from Vietnam and Korea. She blends them into a joyful chaotic household consisting of four stepdaughters, two biological sons, and then she adds three more Vietnamese boys plus various family members who stay for 25 years. Marjorie is the first single woman to adopt from abroad. Hillary Clinton wrote the foreword to this rich, inspiring book. Marjorie, who was married to Congressman Ed Mavinsky while continuing her own challenging work as an NBC correspondent, sometimes somehow made juggling 11 kids and a supersized career seem effortless. One of her Vietnamese adopted children, Vu, now an anesthesiologist, says, what would have happened to me if my folder had been on a different desk that day? My gosh. Marjorie founded and runs Women's Campaign International, which trains and empowers women around the globe to transform their communities and to take a seat at the table in political leadership economic development, civil society, and conflict transformation. She has traveled to more than 50 countries. WCI has had phenomenal success, including doubling the women number of women in parliaments around the world. She's now teaching on the faculty of UPenn, having just completed teaching a course with David Eisenhower on the first 100 days of the Biden administration. In addition, she has lectured at universities throughout the country on topics like dealing with the media and women leaders in emerging democracies, analyzing the ways in which politics and the media interact. When she was elected to represent the state of Pennsylvania in the House of Representatives, she was the first woman ever elected to Congress from Pennsylvania in her own right. She was defeated because she became the main target of Republicans after she cast the deciding vote to approve President Clinton's budget. Wow. Welcome, Honorable Marjorie Margolis. Thank you for being here today. You make me really tired. <laughs> me too. I mean, people say, Maria, how do you do all that you do? But I have been superseded. You are just, you are the most busy woman I've ever met. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, you know, you, you can't do it all at the same time. And you certainly can't do it all in the same, with the same intensity. Yeah. And, and it doesn't always work. So, you know, when you put it all together in, you know, in, in a series of 
your your elevator speech. I'm thinking, wow, yes. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But you know, looking back on it, um, I'm the the real. I'm so glad you said um, what Vu said because when we you know we had all we tried to have all these lovely vacations and everything, and we were walking on a a, a beach. Vu came to us when he was four years old with his mother. Um, and in the book, in, in the book that was just published, he tells the story. It was in the middle of the book, interestingly. And I, I read it because I, you know, I, I asked some of the kids to write and everything like that. And he tells the story. He was with his mom and they were, they were in Malaysia and they had to swim. Literally, they were told that they had to swim ashore. They didn't, his mother didn't know. She was with an aunt. And, 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 and another kid. And the mother said, I'm not gonna do it without a tire. The aunt did not have one. The cousin drowned. Oh. Vu made it to shore with his mom and he came to live with us and with his mother. And this is his four-year-old Vu. Now he's the one who's the anesthesiologist. Wow. And, and they called several months later and they said there were two ne two nephews. Would, would you take the nephews? And then a year later, they found his father. So it was it was a family and they lived with us for 25 years. Now, <laughs> it was some of it was very eccentric and, and, and strange. Um, but uh, now, wait a minute. I I was very careful about um, uh, about uh, not having my phone ring. But of course, Oh, I know what it is. I'm going to put this. <laughs> I, put I, can't, I can't control my dog in the background from time to time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, wow. Really, wow. Well, you, you'll understand. And, and, sure. and, and you, you do the juggle too. Yes. Um, <laughs> so what strikes that, me about um, that quote from Vu is how fortuitous sometimes life is and how all these um, seeming to be coincidences aren't really coincidences that we open our um, perspective and our minds up to synchronicities. And you, it seems to me, are someone who says yes, who says yes to the universe, to the higher power. You say yes to, to ways that you can help make the world a better place. And I am just in awe of all that you've accomplished. My goodness. No, don't be, do, do not be, please. <laughs> it's nice of you to say, but we just thought when I, when I go visit the kids, I know it's, it's challenging when I go to visit the kids and they're all in that, you know, they're all these <laughs> different kids from different parts of the world are yeah. playing together, cousins and everything like that. I think, well, and then the most fun is when the parents say something and I, and I say, ha, ah, I, that's what I know. I used to say that. So oh, they, yes. I love so it, that. <laughs> it's so sweet. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And, and sometimes it isn't, you know, oh, mom, you wouldn't have done it that way, but it's perfectly okay. Right. Um, right. But I, I think, I think it was more than more for me, it was very selfish. But the first, uh, the first child I adopted when I was single, I, I adopted two kids when I was single, wow. uh, came from, from Korea. She was seven years old. Second one was half Vietnamese, half American. Um, and she was, so the first book I wrote was called They Came to Stay. Mm. In, the, in this book, the, uh, the, the book that I just wrote was 
It's, it's entitled, and how are the children? And we got that from the Maasai warriors. The Maasai warriors don't say, and how are you, or how you doing? They say, and how are the children? Fascinating. And isn't that nice? Yeah. Um, but but I, I think the most important thing was to, for me was to kind of share it with, they came to stay in the beginning, you read it and you say, oh my gosh, I, I want one of those. And then, then the second one, Holly, who was six when I adopted her, um, was she smoked, she was a street child, she was a pickpocket and she was really good. And she was the naughtiest, funniest, <laughs> honest to goodness. She was incredible, mm. but naughty. My, my, she was my most arrested child as in my, <laughs> she was, it, she was really, really challenging. So you read the book and, and a lot of uh, the adoption agency, I worked through Holt in Eugene, Oregon. Wonderful, wonderful. They, it used to be, they suggested to parents who were adopting that they read, they came to stay. And in this book, and how are the children, that there's a chapter that says they stayed. And, and then we, we talk about whatever happened to Lee Hay and Holly. Oh, um, does she yeah. have a good life now? Holly died, unfortunately. Oh and, my gosh. Uh, Lee Hay is, it, it was, it's very, it, it was very sad. Lee Hay has three grown children, two have graduated from college and one is in college. Um, and she, she's, she's great and, and kind of annoyingly well-adjusted. Um, <laughs> she really is, she, she's just great. She went to Brown, she's, um, she, she's, she's somebody you wanna be, Holly um, actually went to Penn um, and just is a character, was a character. Um, and she has two, she had two kids. Um, one is in college now and one is in 10th grade. Wow. Uh, and then, the, and then all the, the other sisters and they're great. And, and it, it's just kind of fun to watch them with their children. And, uh, I, I once when we were all kind of together, Hillary said to me, Hillary, I'll just drop a name or two. Of course. Um, Hillary said, said kind of, she said, you know, this is all your fault. I mean, with all these kids all, you know, looking. Yes. Absolutely. You did it. You did it. You changed lives in a wonderful, concrete way and have set a beautiful example for single women, for women in public life, for women in politics, for all of us. And since I am half Asian, I'm half Filipino, uh, your story touches my heart even more because I have seen- Was it your dad or your mom? My mom. My mom came to the US for uh, school and met my father here and stayed. So, but I've seen so many needy children while I traveled around Asia and, and I just, I just honor you. And I'm so, so happy to, to know you. So I'd also like to talk about your important work for Women's Campaign International. You founded it. And what made you start that venture? Well, I was the head of our delegation for the Beijing conference. Okay. I suspect before you were born. Um, <laughs> Uh, that's that I can't believe you're you would look so fabulous anyway uh, um, thanks uh, it, it, in 1995 the the Beijing conference and was 
And when we came back, we were the delegation, the official delegation was called to the White House. And basically, um, Hillary said, we've got to get more women to the table. So I came back, I, I was, I've been at Penn for many years and uh, Kathleen Hall Jameson and I sat down, she was at the time the head of the Annenberg School. And, and I said to her, this is what we should be doing. I wanna start an organization that uses the skills that we've accumulated, especially the communication skills. Um, and so they gave us our first grant. So Women's Campaign International was born in 1998 mm. and we've been traveling around the world and we sometimes work with politicians, but we also work with women farmers. And yeah. we, it's really, it, it's so, What's really fun about it is, you know, you sit there, we have a team of, of communicators, you should join us once and I'm not kidding, it's, um, we, we talk to these women about some basics, we were just, our team was talking the other day and when I go, I always learn something, I sit there and I say, yeah, one of our trainers is Valerie Biden, knowing Joe Biden's sister, uh. and she's great, and you sit there and say, oh my gosh, you're right. I never thought of it that way. I mean, we were talking the other day, this is way basic, but women always apologize and they always mm -hmm. say, well, suppose, suppose, I don't know if this is the right time to say this. And what you've done is you've marginalized what you are about ready to say. That so, is so true. We've been socialized that way, although I think yeah. that is changing. And do you see it because you teach 20 year olds? Do you see a change that the women are owning their power more in the younger generation. They are. I'll tell you something that's interesting. I, I teach this class every four years. David Eisenhower and I take the whole class to both conventions. Oh, wow. It is a wow, actually. It's fabulous. This time we couldn't because there weren't conventions, but also um, we, we couldn't figure out how to work with the COVID problem. Right. So when you ask that question, what pops into my mind immediately is that we had to teach with masks on. Um, and it's really, it, it was really challenging. The kids were great. In answer to your question, do you see them being, um, you know, more forthright, more open, more less apt to say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Not really. Oh, geez. Uh, no, I mean, I, and you don't want to catch them and say, oh, you don't want to. Um, I, I think I think it's changing. I, I think that the way women are treated um, is changing. I, I certainly, uh, with regard to how many women now are in the, in, in the House and, and, and Senate, but it's slow and it's still. We are so surprised that we will get to a place and the women are. Uh, we'll, we'll start to train. We we do a program here in Phil in in right outside of Phil in Philadelphia, right outside because we couldn't travel because of COVID. Our programs were frozen for, mm. the, last, um, for the last two years. Uh, but I can see that we're, we're making inroads, but it's slow. Well, it's important work and uh, thank you for doing that. My, my daughter went to the journalism school at Northwestern and she is an artist. I, I, I have a kid, I have a grandchild there. Oh, really? She loved yeah. it. Yeah, uh, he's liking it a lot. Yeah. yeah, she stayed in Chicago and works for a journalism nonprofit in Chicago. But I observed in her, I think, 
um, a different brand of feminism that embraces the choices that we have. When, when the first wave of feminism came through, I felt like it was pushing a certain agenda, a certain type of feminism and a certain type of choices. But now I think there's a greater embrace of a wide variety of choices and that for instance, being an at-home mom is a legitimate choice for a feminist, even though it didn't fit the mold of feminism from the 70s. So I, I feel a lot of hope for our younger generation and for people like you to be teaching directly 20-year-olds who know about your books and your work and your, humani your humanity in making individual lives better I just have, it fills me with hope for the next generation. Well, you know, I, I always say to my kids, I, mean, I hate to sound this way, I really do. But I mean, I always, I've always said to my kids, listen, you can't win if you're not prepared to lose. You can't win if you don't get on the playing field. Mm -hmm. And it's hard sometimes. And, and you know, and there, and lose, it's, it's take, it's, it's not necessarily gambling, but it's taking chances. And, you know, yeah. and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But I really feel that that's a, a wildly important lesson. Yes, so important. So what is it like sharing grandchildren with a former president and former first lady, secretary of state, et cetera? <laughs> they, they are just, they're great. They are, they're, you can imagine. Mm -hmm. uh, they're, uh, <laughs> the, the little, the, Jasper, who, who is, is, is going to be three and does not walk, he runs. Period. <laughs> and sits on, you know, when he was even little, you know, he sits on on Bill Pop Up is very, Aww. very popular. He Aww. is really popular. And Justin uh, and Jasper sits on his lap and immediately takes his watch off. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but they're very sweet. They're the, the the middle one, his name is Aiden, and and uh, uh, I, I'm gonna sound like a grandmother. Please, I'm I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. It's pathetic. Um, I, I, you'll you'll say to him, "What's your favorite number?" And he'll say, "Well, my favorite Fibonacci number is." And then he goes on into the Fibonacci wave. You know, he, he just loves numbers. Wow. Um, uh, oh, we'll have to have you back and see what he chooses as a career path. Wow, <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. Love it. Love it. So um, let, me, let, me you, let me tell you one. Of, let, let, I have to tell you one of my favorite, which which is in the book, which is okay. you know, and how are the children? But and this is you'll appreciate this um, with the refugee family and my parent. My parents, of course, always thought I was certifiable, but they were great. Uh -huh. um, but uh, Andrew, who is the youngest of all of the kids and a bio kid, um, and. He's an artist, he lives in Austria, but when he was little, Mrs. Shu, who was the mother of Vu, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, uh, took care of our plants and things like that. Um, and she knew that uh, gardenias needed acid. This was her theory. And we had gardenias, just these huge gardenias. And it was because I think she would have Andrew make his first little wee-wee into the plant. <laughs> so, so I, I would walk down, we walked down, we had this enormous place because you know, <laughs> one of those houses that nobody else would buy. Um, as it, I, I always see these little buns and, you know, with, <laughs> sometimes he would do it when we would have company and I would say, sweetie, you can't do that when we have company. 
but and and what and, and one of our kids used it in his essay to get into college um, oh. but it was, it was a very eccentric kind of it, it, and and I always said it's okay that's fine you know it's not uh, that's fine um, how wonderful what an exciting exciting childhood they must have had to have so many people and such a well, they, welcoming they place they often say, I mean, it, believe me, it didn't work all the time, but um, they often say you can drop me any place. And it's true. I mean, the, uh, the little Andrew, who is no, no longer little, I mean, has been all over the world. Oh. And as an artist has been, you, you name it, he, he has had, you know, um, visits to Slovenia and Ulaanbaatar. I mean, he's been all over and, and you really can drop him any place and he's fine. How fantastic. You have raised some really remarkable children, it sounds like. So we, I we haven't gotten into the felonies. Yeah. Oh, geez. I think we're not going to go there on this particular broadcast, but <laughs> no, but it sounds like you are very other inspired and you have so many gifts for leading other people and giving people opportunities. But how do you practice self-care? We ask all of our guests. What do you do to become your best version? Um, you know, that's such a fair question. Um, I'm more, uh, do, I, do I take vacations or anything like that? I haven't, you know, I'm, I obviously do with the kids. And I think for me, it's, uh, it's about Women's Campaign International. It's about putting what I've learned with the family and from other women in other countries, how we can share that. Because there's such, um, especially with our last administration, there was such nastiness coming out of the mouths of the people whom we were looking to, to lead us. Yes. And I think that if, if I can help and it's mainly through women and children, by the way. Um, if I can help kind of spread the, the kindness, um, my dad always said to me, if you can make, if you, you can, if you can make a change in one, just one person's life, a significant change, then you've made your mark. And I always, I, 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 that kind of rings in my ears. Um, it's, it's <clears throat> in, in Judaism, it's called tikkun alam. And, um, it's, uh, I, I mean, I think it's about sharing and if I could make my, and I don't do it enough. Um, you, you know, if, if I could make a definition of what my best self would be um, and not, you know, just not kind of put aside the, ne the necessity of being the most important, the, mm -hmm. you know, the show off, the, mm -hmm. you know, put all of that aside and see if you can <clears throat> share the, the victories. Um, and I, I, it's such a great question. I, I want to ask you, but I know it's not fair. It's great. You're the first guest out of 50 podcasts so far who has turned the turn the mic back to me. That's interesting because I this <laughs> this broadcast is in part a selfish venture because I collect the wisdom of multiple women and think about it and incorporate what, what fits for me. And for me, becoming my best version 
does is reminiscent of something you said about sharing my experiences and turning my life's um, challenges into a force for good. That makes me feel fulfilled when I can see people that I have moved people. And I also am an author and my last book is called 50 After 50, Reframing the Next Chapter of Your Life. And whenever I gave a book talk, at least one person would come up to me in tears because I talk about things that people don't normally talk about, like having been raped when I was a high school student and recovery from alcoholism. And well, a lot of people talk about divorce and becoming an empty nester, but I talk about, I lay bare my life in the hope that uh, others won't feel so alone. And I can see that you do that too. And you also do it in a way that inspires others to be better, to do better, to make more changes and help more people because you have done so much. And I am so grateful to have made your acquaintance and I'll take you up on visiting WCI, and yeah. uh, I will. Let, um, let me let me say first for those people who are listening, buy her book. <laughs> Thank you, and yours, and yours <laughs> as well, because uh, it is great. And how are the children? Published and available everywhere, as are her other books, her other four books. And uh, if you want to be inspired, if you want to learn anything about the uh, world of international adoption, of high-profile women making things work, of raising a blended, growing, incredible family, get that book. Thank you, Congresswoman Margolis. Thank you so much.